Good evening. We are the Williams family. I'm Kevin. This is my wife, Allison, our daughter, Kelly, and our son, Austin. Our scripture reading tonight is found in the books of John and 1 John. Let us stand together and remember that this is God's word. John 3, 16 and 17. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Our next reading is in 1 John chapters 3, verses 16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ gave his life for us, so we ought to give our lives for our brothers and sisters. John chapter 1, verse 9 through 14. The true light that gives life to everyone came into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Well, I want to speak to you about gift giving on this Christmas Eve uh, 2016. I've already had a lot of gifts given to me. A couple of them, uh, my, a lot of my family is in now. The, the youngest ones were all here in the first service, you know, the family service. Uh, my son and daughter-in-law are here, but they're probably going to hide away somewhere. I'm not sure where, whether I can find them. My very close friend ever since college, Dr. Jamie Rankins, right down here on the front row. What a gift to have you come in to be with me, Jamie. And, uh, and you're here. And you're here. And I'm so glad. Um, when I thought about this evening and talking about gift giving, I thought about one of my favorite authors, uh, George MacDonald. Uh, he was a Scottish writer, poet, pastor. He was a pastor. Uh, actually, he did a lot of things. He, he was one of the first ones writing uh, children's novels for Christians, uh, fantasy literature that's become so uh, popular. And I remember I always read uh, his children's stories to my uh, children as they were growing up, but I think I liked them even more than they did. I'll, I'll show you a picture of Pastor McDonald right here. Uh, do, you, do you see that? That's what happens to us pastors. I think it's because parishioners are hard on us. Next year, you'll see it. You'll see, that's how I'm going to look. It, it might be because he had 11 children too. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure. Well, here we are on Christmas Eve in Pasadena, California. And uh, with gift giving, I know already some of you may have opened up gifts. Tomorrow morning, many of the rest of us will be doing that. Um, and I thought that maybe this one 
section from McDonald's writings might be really helpful to you to think about what a, a good gift is. He wrote this. The real good of every good gift is that it is essential first that the giver be in the gift, as God always is, for God is love. And next, that the receiver recognize and receive gratefully the giver in the gift. Well, let me go back over those two criteria with you again. A good gift, McDonald would say, is the amount of the giver in the gift. And what, what he meant by that is that giving the gift isn't just an obligation. Oh, I got to do it. I was a secret Santa this year. I've got to somehow do it. But instead, it is connected to a real relationship, a loving relationship where you give of something that really matters and it constitutes a memory of perhaps something in that relationship. And then the second is that the one then to whom the gift is given gratefully acknowledges and just recognizes how much of the giver is in that gift and then receives that gift with gratitude and with joy. Have you ever really given a lot in a gift and then the person didn't even say thank you? You know how empty that is. Well, here's what I thought I'd do. I would apply uh, McDonald's criteria to a couple of gifts and see which one of these you think might be better. The, the first one is one of my own gifts. Uh, years ago, my wife, Chris, who's up in the choir, and I were given the opportunity, a gift, to go down to the Rancho Bernardo Inn down near San Diego, and, and that included breakfast. And our son, Brandon, with, with us, and one of the things in that uh, breakfast was this, as we looked at the menu, we saw, Brandon and I saw, that there were uh, waffles, ice cream, strawberries, and chocolate. Let me, let me just... You, I, see you, I, I see that you, you see it. We ordered that every morning. <laughs> now, now uh, Chris didn't order that. She, she went for the yogurt with fresh fruit option. So a few months later, then when Christmas came around, uh, I went into Brandon and said, I have a good idea for mom for Christmas, and we got this gift for her. Uh, and, well, here's what we got her. Yes, it was a waffle iron, and in, if you were listening, yes, I did say she was the one who did not uh, eat the waffles. Uh, what do you think McDonald would say to me about that gift? How much of the giver was in the gift? Uh, nothing. It was all for us. It wasn't, it wasn't from us. Now, I want to contrast that gift with the gift that we are celebrating this evening. Uh, we see it in the Bible. I think this is you know, my, my 10th Christmas here. Every Christmas Eve service, I've, I've looked at John 3, 16 and 17. So I want, I want to look at the two John 3, 16s. Uh, the first one is in the Gospel of John, chapter 3, 16 and 17. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. What, what kind of gift was that? So that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into this world to condemn the world. He sent his one and only son into this world to save the world through him. Amen. And that's the God the Father's gift, the gift of his one and only son. Now, we think about Jesus, who would then give his life. What kind of gift was that? And 1 John, a letter of John 3.16 says this, 
This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ gave his life for us. So we ought also to give our lives for our brothers and sisters. You see how much of God the Father was in that gift of his son. And a part of it is in this phrase that he looked down and he saw us in this word perishing. What almost terrifying that word is. That the thing that most people live for doesn't really last. And what we invest our lives in is perishing. And it really has to do with this idea that we were made to have God at the center of our lives. When we put anything else in the center of our lives, as it perishes, it's temporary. So we too do that as well. Because God made us in his image, but we have walked away from him. The Bible calls it sin. We all know we've engaged in it. Sometimes it's with our thoughts. Often it's with our attitudes. Many times simply with our actions. We've walked away from God. And yet, here's what God declares. I love the world. In fact, God declares when you come this evening, I love you. Whatever is in your past, whatever you have engaged in, I loved you. And I know that you're not ready to meet me. You were made to know me. You've walked away from me. And yet, out of love, I'm going to give you a gift. And it's the gift that you and I most need, something that's not perishing. We need cleansing for those things in our lives that are wrong. We need forgiveness, and we need a new beginning. We need a life with something that can't be taken away. We need eternal life, and that is what God is ready to give us. It's exactly what we need. Out of love, he saw our need and gave to meet it. Now then think about Jesus, God's son who then came. When we read Jesus gave his life for us, how much of the giver was in that gift? It was everything. It was absolutely everything, and it wasn't something that he just had to do by obligation. In fact, in John 10, 18, Jesus would say, no one's taking my life from me. I lay it down of my own accords. The good shepherd loves his sheep, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I'll tell you, this is a gift, his willingness to give his all, to die the death you and I should die but we don't have to because he's willing to take the punishment necessary for our sins upon himself. Jesus alone lived the life that you and I should live, but none of us have. And he died the death that we deserve, but we don't have to. What a gift that is. What a gift that is. Now, this evening, uh, Christmas Eve, what is it that I, as uh, your senior pastor, want you to take home with you? Well, I, I have two things, two things. One of them is a smaller lesson. Uh, I think you and I might learn to be better gift givers when we see the way God gives gifts. Again, what did, what did McDonald say? A good gift represents something of that relationship that you have to that person. You get to know a person in a, in a friendship or within your family. There are certain things that often are trademarks of that relationship. And a good, a good gift is something that gives either to the, something that that person enjoys or that meets a need, but it constitutes a part of a loving relationship between the two people. A waffle iron probably wasn't the best <laughs> gift. And in case you wonder, 
Chris did use that waffle iron to make Brandon and me waffles that Christmas. I'm telling you, it was a gift of love from her to us. I'm going to learn something from that. But, but I'm sure you know that there's a much bigger gift that I so much am longing for you to receive this evening. The second criterion for a good gift is that the one to whom the gift is given sees, acknowledges the amount of the giver in that gift, and then receives that gift with gratitude and joy. So I've got to ask you, have you ever received God's gift of salvation for you? There is no more important question at a Christmas Eve service than that. The God of the universe loves you and is ready to offer you a gift. You need to receive it with joy, with gratitude. How, pastor, you might ask, do we receive it? And it's so simple, even a child can understand it. John talked about it again. John chapter 1, verses 11 and 12. Jesus came to that which was his own, namely all that he had made. But his own did not receive him, for the most part. Yet some did, and this is what we read. Yet to all who do receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gives the right to become children of God. Not just a human birth, a birth that comes from God that can never be taken away. It's just like John 3.16. Whoever believes. Who's in the whoever? This is not hard. Whoever is all of us. Whoever believes, receives Jesus, believes in his name. We turn our lives over to him. He cleanses them, takes our sins away. We receive him into our lives, believing in him and following him. And everything changes. You, you know, it all started back with those shepherds. They, they went down to the manger. They saw Jesus and they believed and they were thrilled. And you know what they did? Everywhere they'd go, they went out and told people, it's true. He has come. Light has come into our lives and into this world. And those who heard began to believe and had their lives changed. And they went out and told others, and they went out and told others until a good long time ago, someone came and told me, and I believed in his name. And I've just got to tell you, my life has never, never been the same. So the message comes to you. I pray that you've received Jesus, the light of the world. If you haven't, this would be a great time to begin. And then when we leave the service, we've got to be like those shepherds. We go and carry that light that has come into our lives, the light of Jesus, the light of the world, out to this world because God loves the world.